Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. On today's episode, joined by Anne-Marie Morris, president of AM Morris Consulting. Anne-Marie is a talent management and learning and development expert with over 25 years of experience in designing and delivering impactful employee engagement initiatives. With a career journey that has included leadership roles at premier Fortune 100 companies such as Interpublic Group, Credit Suisse, Videsa, and Saks Off Fifth, Anne-Marie launched AM Morris Consulting in 2023 and now uses her global experience to provide HR consulting services to a diverse range of clients with a focus on talent management, leadership, teamwork, and learning and development. In addition to her role as president of AM Morris Consulting, Anne-Marie is also a board member for the New York City chapter of Disrupt HR, where she serves as a coach and MC for the New York City-based events, and she recently joined the faculty of Human Capital Institute, HCI, as an adjunct facilitator where she will be leading professional development workshops that help HR professionals meet the changing demands of work and employee engagement. Now, I recently met Anne-Marie through HCI and knew right off the bat that she would be a great guest to have on the HR Works podcast. I wanted to have her join to discuss a growing trend that we're seeing in the HR community, and that's the use of HRIS systems that are focused on self-service, something that we're certainly seeing growing and showing a clear advantage for our HR teams and our HR community. We thought no better person to connect on that with than Anne-Marie today. So we wanted to bring her on to the HR Works podcast. So without further ado, let's get her welcome. Anne-Marie, welcome to the HR Works podcast and thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Josh. Happy to be here. I'm happy to have you as a guest and get you introduced to our audience of HR professionals. And the way we like to do that with the HR Works podcast is talking about that spark that got you started. So why HR? What was that initial spark that led you to pursuing a career and building a career in human resources and people operations? When I was first starting out, I knew three things. And Josh, you're going to hear me talk about the rule of three all the time. So here goes. Three things I was looking for. I wanted a big company. I wanted a big name. And I wanted a big HR team so I could absolutely learn all the different facets of HR. So I joined J.P. Morgan Chase, big name, back in the day and had an opportunity to work and learn different parts of the business. So I got to work in the investment banking group. I also worked in the investment group. And I always had a chance to work for the retail bank. And I got a chance to learn about talent acquisition, talent management, learning and development. And I really focused on the talent management, learning and development piece because I had a great boss. And I think a lot of us can identify with that, having a great mentor along the way. Mine was my boss, Wesley, and he really pulled me along into the learning and development space. And here I am, have never looked back. That is fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. And yeah, as a big fan of marketing myself, the three really stands out to me. It's simple and can really get you on a good course. And great to just hear how you got your start in HR that way and has led you to a really great career where, again, now you're president of AM Morris Consulting and working and really helping guide so many great HR professionals now in the community. So thanks for sharing that, Anne-Marie. Now, as I mentioned at the top, we're looking at this growing trend that we're seeing across the HR community in HRIS systems and specifically self-service. Now, recently with HR Daily Advisor, we ran a survey of HR professionals, of our subscribers, asking those questions of self-service tools and really how that's impacting the day-to-day operations of workforce. And that's how really we got connected, Anne-Marie, was you recently joined HCI, Human Capital Institute, 
we were looking for some feedback as part of a report we were building out. You chimed in, you offered to provide some insight on that topic, and it got us to start talking and sharing some insight on self-service tools. So I wanted to bring you on here. Let's start there. That recent survey that I mentioned, where we surveyed over 800 subscribers, got some interesting data out of that. And the most important piece was that we found 95% of HR teams are leveraging software tools for automating people operations, tasks, and procedures. So with that, what benefits do organizations experience when implementing employee self-service in HR task automation? Yeah, absolutely. It's such a good question. Again, three, three things. First, for the employees, it's going to save them time and effort. They can do it just in time. And I think what's most important for those employees is the sense of privacy. Many employees tell us that it's hard to talk to somebody face-to-face when they're going through a difficult time and they often have to talk to HR directly. So sense of privacy. For HR, it absolutely saves us so much time in terms of not having to answer the same questions over and over. And we can then focus on more strategic things like how do we grow our workforce? How do we train them? How do we get them up to speed? How do we be more strategic in terms of employee engagement? And absolutely for the organization, the PR side of it helps them to look like a more nimble, agile company. That is a place that people want to work and that really focuses on their employee engagement. So a win all around when you think about the benefits. Yeah, that agility is crucial. Being able to automate some of those simple tasks that are necessary, but really aren't something that you need the people aspect to drive home. To be able to move those off of the plate of busy HR professionals within organizations is crucial and that enables more bandwidth always go back to that term of bandwidth, especially as leading teams, but leading people teams as well. It enables more HR professionals to do the piece that they love, that people component that is so crucial. Thank you for that, Anne-Marie. That's a great way to start us off. Now, looking at just that functionality that a lot of these new self-service tools offer through HRIS and software tools, how has that changed the role of HR teams across organizations? Oh, it's a game changer. For starters, obviously, it gets us out of the day-to-day minutia that no HR person likes to do. And it lets us be strategic, which is something that every HR leader tells me they want to do. In addition, it makes us something that most HR people tell me they didn't plan on doing, but they have to, which is becoming data scientists. So it gives us a lot of data that we then can really go back to our leaders with to talk about why we're promoting certain initiatives around HR and the reasons behind it, because we have the data that is supported by what we're doing in self-service. And finally, we're also a lot more methodical and scientific about the whole process. And so those are some of the things that have absolutely been my advice when I'm talking with HR leaders. But my last thought around it is I'm reminded of a quote by E.M. Forster, the writer who wrote Howard's End, who once said that spoon feeding in the end teaches us nothing but the shape of the spoon. And so I'd caution HR managers to start to let go of certain things that they used to do so that it can be automated and so they're not spoon feeding their folks. And I don't mean to uh, wag a finger at people, but it certainly is challenging when you're used to doing it the old way, but let people do things their own way. Yeah, that can often be the biggest challenge is breaking what's always been the norm uh, and really letting go of some of those tasks. But Certainly, there's a ton of value there that you touched on, Anne-Marie. I love that you mentioned strategy, too. I think that is such a key component, especially as we're having this conversation toward the end of 2023. We're at this point now where 
A lot of us are looking at 2024 goals. What do we want to achieve in 2024? And, and that could be looking at a new HRIS system. That could be looking at introducing self-service for your workforce, but also just looking at, okay, how can we be more strategic to create that better employee experience, create that better working experience for your staff? And I think what you touched on there, freeing up that bandwidth to have strategy, to strategize, to create those more impactful moments is so crucial. That's such a big payoff that I'm seeing out of these self-service tools. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's critical when we look at being strategic. It's what every HR leader dreams of and tells me that they want to work on. And think of the employee experience as well. Again, as we're all employees at some aspect too, and the immediacy of response that you can now get by finding something yourself. I mean, you look at just how we operate in a technological world where everything is at our fingertips. Why shouldn't that be expected and something you can introduce in your working world as well? And especially we're, we're now in this work-life blend approach where there really is no on-off switch between work and life. That automation piece, that piece of being able to access the information you need when you're looking for it, whether that's PTO or benefit enrollment that you can do on your own, that only will create a better employee experience as well. Absolutely, including even learning management. My, my background is all in learning. So how can we ensure that people are able to access training just in time? and find it quickly and be able to take advantage of it when it makes sense to them. So all of those pieces are crucial to the whole employee experience. Yeah, it frees up the bandwidth for your HR teams, but it also enables your workforce to find what they're looking for when they need it, which is ultimately going to create a better customer experience. I had heard one of our guests previously said that your employees should be looked at as customers as well, and you should really be trying to create that great customer experience. The same could be said with an employee experience. Oh, I agree. I call my internal clients my customers as well. So they are absolutely my colleagues and clients. That is brilliant. Now, obviously, there are a lot of HRIS and self-service tools and HR automation tools that are out there in the market. So we're not necessarily going to call out those specifically. But as teams look to introduce those into their workforce, into their day-to-day -day, as HR teams are looking at that expanding potentially, how can you measure ROI on adopting some of these self-service tools? I think so often, we invest and we'll say, yep, let's try this new tool out. But how do you know that it's actually working and that there's value and payback? Yeah, I get that question a lot around ROI. Every HR leader cringes a little bit because it's a tough question. We're not creating widgets, but there are ways we can start to measure it. Like anything, we can look at a very small level at the number of hours that an HR leader is putting into doing some of the things that are not automated and saving that time. That's an easy one. But really from an employee experience, how much time they're saving in terms of not having to go to HR and then also having a positive experience. And then when I also look at the bigger picture, we'll talk about data again for a moment. It gives our leaders and the organization an opportunity to really look at engagement numbers in employee surveys. I also look at turnover rates and often retention rates. And I've spent a lot of time recently in talent acquisition. So I look a lot about how long it takes us to fill a position, how nimbly we're able to get the right person on board and entice that person to come on board with us and how quickly we can onboard that person so that they hit the ground running. And all of that can be helped by automation. And so I'm confident that as we're looking at those stats, we will absolutely have a better ROI. Anne-Marie, I'm so glad you brought us back to the data component. I definitely wanted to circle back on that one because that is such a crucial piece that we have access to now 
within the entire workspace, but specifically as HR professionals, now there's access to data to see that engagement piece. You can really see the responsiveness of your workforce using that data. And that's when we're really getting better as a whole in the workforce is using data as a tool and optimizing that. And these self-service tools really can create that data opportunity. Absolutely. I'm thinking about when I worked at Stacks Office most recently, we have, as most organizations do, a lot of compliance training that we needed to ensure happened by the end of the year. And traditionally, everybody would look to me in HR to pull up all the reports, give them the data. But we were able to use the data that we had and the self-service tools to give it back to the managers so they could track their people and that they could then own that part of compliance so that I wasn't the owner of that whole process. And they could then go back to their folks and find out what were the issues, why were people not completing it, and helping them along if there were glitches. So it really put it back in the place where it belongs, which is with the leadership team and with the managers of those different departments. It was really a win and it saved a lot of time all around. And we weren't perfect. Nobody is perfect at compliance, but we got so much better in terms of our compliance numbers. Sure. And and that's where you can dovetail data with strategy as well and say, okay, if our data is saying that the engagement is not strong, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's rethink our strategy. How do we do this better that works better for our workforce? Exactly, exactly. And you're getting a more robust data points. You're getting a lot of data points versus just the one-off conversations that you're having, which a lot of HR managers tell me gives them a lot of information, but it only gives you a little compared to giving you that more robust dashboard of information. Yeah, really well said. Now, we talked about introducing new processes and the challenge of breaking the norm and and breaking the habit of doing all of these now self-service process yourself. What strategies can HR teams introduce into their teams to ensure that there's a seamless transition as they look to introduce HRIS systems and new self-service systems? What are some steps that really can help that transition for their workforce and make it a more user-friendly experience as employees start interacting with these new HR systems? Yeah, I would say if you're starting out with the launch, it has to be just in time. I'm also a big proponent of doing it in pieces, small bite-sized pieces. And I also would suggest that we treat it just like we would any kind of software release where we do user acceptance testing and quality tests to make sure that we don't have glitches because so many times people come back and they say, oh, we love this new system, but it doesn't work. And so I'm going to start to call HR again. So the launch is critical. The training piece, which is near and dear to my heart, is really critical as well. So I'm always telling people, go back and do short tutorials. Take a cue from TikTok and do very short ones as you're going around. And finally, I spent a number of years at Interpublic where I did PR training for folks. So I'm a big fan of PR. I would say absolutely take advantage of incentives, making sure there's competitions, teaching your leaders to use it, but also spelling out the features, but more importantly, selling the benefits. So selling the idea, talking about the benefits. And the last part I'll say I take from the world of social media, find influencers throughout the organization, not HR people and not the most seen people, but rather people who are using it and have them be your best advocates. And it's the best free advertising you can get. So if you do all those things, it will be a more successful launch and there will be more uptick in terms of the users. Oh, you hit on some great ones there for us, Anne-Marie. I think what you mentioned in terms of finding champions for new tools, that's crucial. 
because again, you're having that embedded support within your group, which is so huge as you're going to onboard and really bring new teams into new processes. I think that idea of upselling is really key as well and making sure that there's a clear understanding of the benefit that you're gaining from embracing these new processes. That's huge. And that goes back to communication. I think communication is so crucial with onboarding and introducing any new process, whether it's a, again, self-service system or any new tool, any new automation tool, any new process within the workforce. It's getting out in front with communication and being clear about that. You really get that one opportunity to get it right. So I would encourage anyone listening out there who is trying to introduce new systems, think about how you're doing that. Really put some time into the communication piece up front. Because once the train is out of the station, it's a little tougher to really get it back on track and could be really counterproductive if these tools create more challenge and more follow-up questions and feedback down the road than if you initially walk through it and really get it right to start. You're absolutely right. Getting ahead of the message so that you're communicating more effectively and creating a positive experience because otherwise once it has a little bit of a ding to it, somehow that ding becomes this huge hole that now people say, oh, that's never going to work. Don't bother. And so you want to get ahead of that narrative. We in HR have to become our best advocates around great communication and how we own that message and how we sell that message. And I Love the idea of using champions throughout the organization to make sure that they're our best advocates. 100%. Really well said. Now, going back to that initial survey we had talked about with over 800 subscribers um, weighing in on their use of HRIS systems and self-service tools, we did find that there was a noticeable drop-off from the 95% who said they use tools to how many really have it taking a majority of the workflow and the processes that are available. So where's that barrier for many teams and what's maybe being the challenge or the drawback from teams advancing to higher degrees of task automation? Yeah, part of it is the old money issue, which of course mm-hmm. these, these products are not cheap. They right. are, they're an investment and we have to look at it that way. So the first part is obviously cost and most HR groups are not a profit center but they are indeed a cost center. So it's looked upon as a nice to have, which is unfortunate. And then I also believe that we need to be better at making sure that it works in small pieces and really test it so that we can count for any potential problems. There's nothing worse than releasing any product and having it crash and fail. Because as I said, even a little glitch can start to seem like a huge problem and the word gets out and next thing you have a great product, and people are not using it. So really getting it out there and then championing it as you can when people are successful at using it. Yeah, that goes back to that idea of ROI as well and really looking at being able to show, okay, here's where it is worth that investment that, as you said, it isn't cheap. As we're in a time where, look, layoffs are pretty common and and sadly are still very common across many organizations. Budgets are tight and you've got to really have a justifiable case to spend significant money. But again, there are great opportunities to show that. And if you can really point to, hey, there's some strong ROI. Here's what we're benefiting by investing in these systems, by migrating a lot of our workflow into these automated tools, then you could certainly make that case and introduce that more frequently with a little more depth within your organization. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Now, with that, are there any functions that need to remain human, that shouldn't be moved over to automation. And this is back into the, the world of AI that is so just dominating headlines at the moment. But what are those HR tasks that need to be protected and still need to be hands-on? 
I've been thinking a lot about this. Anything that requires a conversation. I was talking yesterday to a good friend of mine who's a CHRO and he's, I got to go, Anne-Marie, someone's in front of me about to cry. And I said, that is something where if somebody's standing in front of you and they're having something go on in their personal life that they need to talk to you about, that is not something you can automate, obviously. But the other side of it, too, are really tangible things like I'm going to tiptoe into it, compensation. And I know there's a lot of talk about transparency and compensation. I haven't seen a lot of companies do it extremely well. Some are really getting into it. We've got a lot of legislation in various states around making sure we talk about compensation when we put out jobs and job descriptions. But I'd say compensation is still something that probably can't be automated. And the final thing I'd say is anything that can get you sued, and I'm going to go there, any ER issue that is a compliance issue, anything that can be discoverable, anything that could land you on the front page of the Wall Street Journal and you don't want to be there is my rule of thumb around things that can't be automated, that we still need to keep that human in the human resources feel. So there are still things that can't be automated. I love that. Yeah, there are still definitely roles where the human element is necessary. I think at the compliance piece, you're so right. There are areas where automation can really help compliance in terms of ensuring that things are really formulaic and and measured, but there needs to be that human element as well to make sure things really hit the message that you are looking for and are representing what you're looking to achieve and, and really hitting that mark. And right, when there's need for compassion, when there's need for the people element, the human element, that's certainly a a great opportunity to to keep the human involved too. I think that the people function is so crucial still. Yeah, I I agree completely. Anytime someone's standing in front of you, you need to talk to them. It cannot be automated. (laughs) And that matters. 100% that matters. Now, with that being said, are there any tasks that you're seeing in the typical HR process and the employee experience that you think could actually benefit from being automated, maybe things that haven't fully shifted over automation that you see as a good opportunity to introduce some technology into? Yeah, talent acquisition. And again, most organizations have a pretty robust ATS system that they're using. So they are using it and I applaud them for using it. I'd also suggest that they really focus on a CRM, which is candidate relationship management. So you can start to actually look into the world and say, who are the people we'd love to have work here who may not be looking for a job and are not applying, but we really are targeting those people because they have the skills, knowledge, and ability. So using those in talent acquisition. I'm also a little surprised sometimes that an applicant still can attach their resume and then they still spend 20 minutes rewriting their resume on the applicant tracking system. And we know that statistically, there are huge numbers of people who dump out of the process once they start and realize they've got to spend 20 minutes of their life now reimagining and editing their resume back into the system. So there's got to be a better way to make it a better user experience for the applicants. LMSs have been around forever, but they can only get better because we still haven't seen it be as completely transparent and as user-friendly as it should be. So a learner management system can still get better. We should still be able to have an employee tell us what they want to learn and then figure out different ways to get them that information. And it's not always a training class. And finally, the last one that I have a lot of experience with recently is around performance management. And I don't think I've met anybody in any organization, no matter what their role, that loves the idea of performance management. 
And when I was at Saks recently, we were able to think, all right, most of our population were retail folks. The folks who worked in our stores, they didn't sit in front of computers. We figured out a way to give them access to a system that would allow them to do their performance reviews on their phones. It would take all of five minutes. We did quick drop downs. We said, here are the basic jobs that we have at our stores. Here are the five or six things somebody who's a cashier needs to do really well. And then we just simply said, are you meeting, exceeding or not meeting those expectations? And it was done. It wasn't a prolonged experience. And it was so much easier for everybody involved. So that was a big win around performance management. I'm confident there's more out there. Oh, I love that. I love that you hit on performance management, especially as we're having this conversation at the end of 2023. I'm sure so many teams are going through their performance review process, have wrapped it up, have that coming up. And we all know that kind of heavy task that can be and and how much of a, a time burden that can be for many teams based on the process. And when you can really automate that, make it a, not automate it, but introduce technology. And I should say to make that a, a more uh, efficient process while still clear, still able to communicate to employees where their strengths, where their weaknesses are, where they need to improve going forward. I think it can certainly be done better. And as we get more comfortable with introducing these tools and the technology grows, I think we're only going to see that improve. Yeah, I agree. I, performance management is really where we can shorten the time frame, make it more user-friendly and not make it something that people dread. So yeah, I'm yeah. all in for that. Well, and especially in a world where upskilling is key, I mean, we talk about it so often, that is such a great opportunity for engaging with current employees, for keeping current employees and retaining current employees, but also filling staffing needs when we're trying to do more with less. Upskilling is so crucial. So that performance management and performance advancement is such a great opportunity right now for tools to address. Yeah, I agree completely. Now we're having this conversation, Anne-Marie, at the end of 2023. So it's a great opportunity for us to look back at the past year and call out some of those wins and things that the HR community has done well. So if you had to call something out, what's the best thing you have seen out of the HR community over this past year? Oh, I have three things, but I'll just give you one. So uh, I'll take three if you want to give me three. It's the big three. I'm good with it. I have three. So the first is addressing AI straight on. And you mentioned it earlier, Josh. We haven't gotten there. We're still like most organizations and most people trying to figure out where AI fits in the big world. So addressing AI head on and knowing that it is something we need to address in 2024 and beyond. The second thing I'd say is around better training. And so looking at our leaders, our next in line leaders and focusing on their management skills. And the last one, I can't believe we're still talking about this, but the hybrid work model and what I've seen brilliantly done by HR is that they've adapted hybrid to meet the needs of their organization as well as their employees. So there's no one and done, there's no cookie cutter, and nobody even pretends that's an option. They've all, to a person, have told me that they are just adapting it based on their business and they're doing it just in time. And they've found that it's much more successful that way than trying to say, okay, it's 100% everybody has to do this or whatever it happens to be. They're being more adaptive. Oh, those are great. Those are all three great wins. I especially like that adaptability, that flexibility. The the hybrid work model is so undefined and, and really unique to each team and oftentimes sub teams within organizations that for the HR professionals who are really managing what hybrid means, it's challenging. It's difficult. I think the community has done a great job of, of 
putting some guardrails around that, really managing, working within that unknown and, and giving as much guidance into that unique employee experience that we're figuring out in real time. Yeah, absolutely. We are definitely having to address AI as well as hybrid work environments. I didn't think we'd still be talking about it, but here we are. And HR's done a great job of kind of reining that in, figuring out what makes sense and coming up with solutions that are best for their organizations. And now we've got the wave of return to office that now comes into the mix too, which is going to be a, a new curveball for so many teams to juggle. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out going into 2024. But with that in mind, looking ahead to 2024, is there something you're excited about in HR, in human resources that you want to see come or that you feel could really make an impact in the community in, in the coming year? And yeah, I do. And I just have one. Okay. So yeah, I was reading a Gartner study just the other day, and it said one in five current managers would prefer not to be in a management role, which is really telling, isn't it? That's pretty damning, if you will. And so how can we in HR ensure that we're setting those next in line leaders up for success, giving them a realistic view of what it is that they'll be facing? And part of that is training, but part of it is also just preparing them as they're progressing in their career to get to a point where they have the skills, knowledge, and ability, and the intestinal fortitude to be able to really start to manage and lead in a robust way. So I'd love to have that number be zero out of five managers don't want to be leaders. How do we get our leaders to really embrace it and to be better at what they're doing? And HR can be at the forefront of that. Yeah, that is so telling that there clearly is something that needs to be addressed. And Some of that can be done through strategy, which to bring it full circle, that bandwidth to really strategize and think of new ways to engage and and support your managers and really make that a rewarding experience, one that they're invested in, can only be done by having that bandwidth to strategize. And that bandwidth comes through having and introducing self-service tools, automation tools, HRIS systems that can really free up that time. Look, we've only got so much finite time that we commit to to our workforce, to our careers there and, and HR professionals. We want to be able to free up that time as much as possible to allow them to really put that back into the workforce and look for strategies such as supporting managers and, and setting them up for long-term success. You're absolutely right. We can automate a lot of this so they can get out of the day-to-day and get with their people and lead and manage and do their jobs. I agree. Well, this was great. Well, again, we're here with Anne-Marie Morris, president of AM Morris Consulting. Anne-Marie, is there something you've learned about yourself over the past, let's call it three years, that you feel has made you a stronger leader? It is. You mentioned earlier that I am part of Disrupt HR and I've been coaching a lot of HR leaders. I don't have imposter syndrome anymore. I realized I'm a pretty good coach. And I'm able to work with our HR leaders to help them find their voice, create something that really they can wrap their hands around, and also just create something that is compelling and interesting. So I'm so proud of the fact that they've done a great job and that I don't have imposter syndrome anymore and I'm a pretty decent coach. That is fantastic. Congrats. That is good because, again, I think imposter syndrome is something so many of us struggle with, especially as you enter into new phases of your career into new roles. But to have that figured out, that is so crucial. I'm so glad to hear that. Now, as a coach, as someone who's really invested in learning and development and leadership, I feel like this question will be great for you. One thing we like to do on the HR Work Podcast is pay it forward with great advice that you've learned along the way, that you've leaned on, that you feel has helped you along in your career and, and helped guide you. So if you could pay forward one piece of professional advice that you've received and could pass along to our 
audience of HR professionals and recruiting professionals, what would that be? I have a story and it's, it's a short enough story. So here it is. So a number of years ago, there was a, a man who was asked to speak in front of a huge audience. He'd spoken plenty of times before, but he was asked to speak at this huge event. And he was given the script by the organizers of the event and he was reading it and he was thinking, oh my gosh, it's not hitting the mark. The audience is not with me. But the woman behind him on the stage who had just been on the stage earlier performing also knew that it wasn't his voice. She had heard him speak before and thought, this doesn't sound like him. And so what she did is she shouted out, she said, tell them about the dream, Martin. So by saying, tell them about the dream, Martin, Mahala Jackson changed the course of the I Have a Dream speech. And what Martin Luther King learned that day in 1964 in D.C. at the March on Washington is he learned three things. And that's my advice. The first is know your audience. The second is to speak from your heart. So even if you're given a script that doesn't make sense, you need to adapt it to be part of your voice. And most importantly, listen to the smart people around you. Mahala Jackson gave him the best advice. Tell him about the dream, Martin. That is brilliant. I love that one. That is so original too, Anne-Marie. I have not heard that one in asking so many of our guests that, that great question. We always get really unique responses. That one is truly special. So thank you for that. That's a good one. That's one that will be sticking with me and I'm sure our audience will love too. So again, Anne-Marie Morris, president of AM Morris Consulting. Anne-Marie, as I mentioned at the top, you just recently joined the team at Human Capital Institute, HCI, as an adjunct facilitator. So tell us a bit more about that. And this is a great opportunity just for our audience to share anything you're excited about, anything you've got going on that you're working on, and great ways to get in touch. But the floor is yours. Feel free to plug anything you've got going on and uh, share that with our audience. My middle name is Presentation Skills. So anytime you may have an opportunity where you need to teach people presentation skills, that's my first plug. For HCI, I'm really excited about the fact that they have a really terrific course called Design Thinking, which is really taking creativity and giving us a platform in HR, how to use design thinking to create more creative, influential, and just smart tools to use. And I'm also excited about a one called Strategic Workforce Planning, which is really giving us a chance to take a step back and think really about what the future looks like. Goes back to what we've been talking about, how automating everything will give us an opportunity to really be more strategic. So I'm looking forward to those. And I've been having some great conversations with a lot of HR leaders all around the country and the world. So it's been fun so far. And I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting more people and doing more great work in the HR world. Well, that is fantastic. And as we work very closely with HCI here at HR Daily Advisor, we will certainly be running into each other and, and share any events that you've got coming up or any of those classes that you have coming up here, Anne-Marie. How about with AM Morris Consulting? Is there anything you're excited about? What's going on there? Anything that you want to share with our audience going into 2024? Yes, uh, absolutely. I have a number of different partners. So we really focus on three things. My background is learning and developments, anything in the learning and development space, anything around talent management. I've done a lot of work around succession planning and talent reviews, et cetera. And anything else in terms of leadership and teamwork. So I'm working with a couple of teams to get them back on track and working more cohesively. And I mentioned earlier that I'm also part of Disrupt HR. And so we're running our next New York City chapter meeting on February 1st. So a little plug for that. I will be the MC. We'd love to see you there. I think we still have openings for speakers. So if you're interested, but again, happy to talk to anybody about any of your HR needs from AM Morris Consulting. Be thrilled to talk to any of you. 
That is fantastic. And for any of our listeners out there who would like to learn more, do you have any websites we can send them to? Absolutely. It's www.amrsconsulting.com. So nice and easy to get to. And you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to meet anybody who's out there. That is perfect. And we'll provide those links to all of our listeners through the HR Daily Advisor site post for that one. But again, very easy to find out there, Anne-Marie, working with so many aspects of the HR community. So that is fantastic. So thanks again for sharing that with us. Thanks again for sharing your time here today. Now, one last question for you before we let you go. And this is a question I love to wrap up all of our interviews with, and it's a bonus question. I don't provide that one in advance because I really love this answer to be off the cuff, but you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor. What's the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? Oh, Wow, that's, that's, and I wish you'd prep me for that one. Besides coffee, Josh, which you know is important. You know, question that I ask everybody when I first meet them, what have you learned today? So every day I wake up and I think, what am I going to learn today? And as I go to bed at night, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that I learned this cool new thing. And that's what gets me excited and gets me up in the morning. I love it. That is perfect. Great way to go out. So again, Anne-Marie Morris, president of AM Morris Consulting. Thank you so much for carving out some time today to join the HR Works podcast to talk about HRIS systems, self-service tools, and really ways to automate and make bandwidth more available for HR teams going forward into 2024, but really also just for sharing your story, getting introduced to our audience. I know this won't be the last time we connect, so I'm looking forward to the next time, but thank you for this time and look forward to doing it again soon. Thank you so much, Josh. I so appreciate your time and your interest. It's been great. Likewise. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Thank you for listening to the HR Works Podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.